Welcome to the In Real Estate Podcast, the show that demystifies the home buying and selling process. I'm your host, David Grant. I'm a broker here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Today on the show, we're going to be doing in our market watch, a question and answer. We'll have a good interview. And then finally, we'll do a walkthrough of a full bath and give you some simple tips on how to get the most value out of as little as cash as possible. So stay with us. Welcome back. Uh, today on Market Watch, we're going to be doing a question and answer. So on my Instagram page, I have a, a following that's quite interactive. And over the last year, as I've walked through properties, I do get a lot of questions uh, because a lot of what I do on my Instagram page is for fun, but a lot of it is the intention is to get people informed about what it is that they're doing so that they go into the buying and selling process with as much ammunition as possible. So I'm fielding questions today. I sent out a you know, question and answer form on my Instagram page this last week, and I'm just going to go over a few of the questions that I got. The first question is, do I deal with land sales uh, right now in Utah because of the nature of people wanting to purchase property but really don't know where they want to be. And they may not know exactly that they want to be in a sp specific place right now or if they want to build right now, but they would like to secure some land. That is very simply done. It's very easy. I do deal with land sales. It is uh, purchased just like you would a normal property, but then it becomes a little bit more complicated in the future because you will have to then fund your own construction. Getting a construction loan is a lot different than getting a normal home loan of a property that's either being constructed by a construction company since they assume the costs or when you're just buying an existing property. So yes, please feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram page for more on this. I'm happy to talk through this and all the other questions I'm going to be answering today more in depth there. Question number two, do I deal with commercial sales? Yes, right now we're seeing an influx of people going back to work and a lot of offices are either getting rid of their properties they had too many of or they're trying to get into a more efficient space. I do deal with commercial sales. I don't deal with commercial leases. I can deal with commercial leases. I am a fiduciary, much like a lawyer is and can help anybody look over legal contracts and help you understand those legal contracts. But I don't really get anything from that. More I get things from property sales. So if this is something of interest to you, again, feel free to reach out to me. We can go look at spaces. The way that those are purchased, uh, they take a little bit longer. And the way that the financing is done is obviously going to be a little bit different. It's going to be based on your ability to purchase something that's a little bit higher in value. But it is uh, very straightforward. Question number three. What are other ways to invest in real estate? So right now, what we're finding is, is not only are people investing in real estate to live in these properties, we're finding that about 25% of the sales from last year were hedge funds. So we're seeing that these Wall Street investors are trying to get into this space because they want to gain the equity that everybody else is gaining from it because the rate of return is so high. 
So yes, you can invest in real estate in multiple ways. One of those ways would be through what's called syndications. And I can put you in touch with people specifically that do this. But the general idea is, why don't we pool our money together on a construction project, either here or even in a different state, where it's an apartment complex or a multiplex of some kind. And then that way, that money that's being pooled, it doesn't require anything else of me. I'm just going to put up some money initially, and then I'm going to get a return when the property is built and people start renting that property out. I don't have to be a landlord. I don't have to get phone calls at the end of the day and have to go to someplace and fix a toilet or call a handyman. I don't have to deal with getting rent and chasing people down. Now, I'm telling you, as somebody who has formerly been a property manager, now as a real estate broker by law, I'm also a property manager. I used to manage 30 plus properties. I had 200 plus tenants. It was an utter nightmare and would love to talk more about that in the future. But I was tracking people down. We were getting squatters out of properties that we had purchased. We were renovating properties that were a complete disaster. Syndication is a fabulous way to invest your money in something that's going to give you a rate of return while eliminating the headache. Let somebody else manage your properties for you. Trust me, if any of you are listening, have been a landlord or are currently one, you feel the pain. Question number four, when will the market soften? Now, this one's an interesting one. Here, at least in Salt Lake City, we are getting a lot of uh, individuals from California moving in. A lot of people from California are looking at Utah as a safe haven refuge from where they were, partially because of the economy in California, also because the state's on fire. And so people are moving here and they're wondering, like, when will the market soften? Now, let's just have a basic economics lesson. The Salt Lake Valley is a very small amount of land. There's not a lot of land to build into, especially not here in between these mountain ranges that we have that everybody wants to be in. Now, where I'm from in Texas, there's a lot of land. There's a lot of places to build. We've got a lot of highways. It's a big city. It's built with the infrastructure. Salt Lake, we're still trying to figure that out. So we have a lot of interest. That interest drives buyers to want to buy to find a place. Turns out, even if you don't buy a house, still got to live somewhere. So if you're not going to buy it, somebody else will. If you're not going to own it and rent it out, somebody else will. If at the very least, you're going to be renting. So the market's going to soften whenever we lack interest. When people start wanting to leave or when we don't have the amount of people that want to move in, what we do know is nationally, we're 2 million homes behind for the demand. So if demand stopped today, current demand, if it did not increase, it would take 10 years to meet the demand we currently have. So that leads us into question number five, which I'm going to relate to this is when is the best time to buy? Okay. I know I'm a real estate agent. I make my money from buying and selling properties or helping my clients do that. But I am telling you as somebody who's pleading with you right now, this is the best time to buy. It's not going to get better because of what I just mentioned. We're behind on a product. Product is low. We have a huge demand. Demand seems to continue to increase. So with that scarcity in mind, it drives up. It's called inflation. This is why we have inflation. So I don't blame sellers for wanting to get the most out of their property. 
Where I have a problem is, is when sellers lack a little humanity and sell junk for a lot of money because they know they can, because people are desperate to purchase. I wish it wasn't that way. Again, that's an ideal world, right? But the other reason why it's the best time to buy is right now is because the interest rate, as we found out from the last episode with Travis Van Noy, is 2.75. If it were to rise to 3.75, which again is still very low, that you're basically, you're going to be paying about 50,000 more for that house over time. Interest rate is a big deal. And right now it's low. The Federal Reserve does have say in what that is. We don't know what they're going to do. So until we have more control over these variables, we can't control how fast construction companies build properties. We can't control how many people want to move here. We have an incredible economy here in Utah. People want to move here for the jobs. We don't get to control any of that. But what we can control is how is your, how is your credit score? How are your finances? Are you saving? Uh, are you living within your means so that you can actually be pre-approved? Do you have a lot of outstanding debts? Do you have any hits on your credit that can be taken off? These are the types of things that you can control that you're going to want to take into consideration when buying a property. And then at the very end of the day, you need to ask yourself, what's it worth to own versus rent? And that's up to you. The last question that we had, and this one I, is a, I get a lot of this. This is a buzzword. It's the bubble has to burst, right? I hear this a lot in social gatherings as if all I want to talk about is real estate. And I don't. Like I do enjoy it for work. And when I'm social, I like to be social. But people love talking about real estate because everybody's got to live somewhere. Here's the deal. We're misusing this word. A bubble is uh, an excess amount of available property, typically because of things like foreclosure. So in 2008, during the housing crisis, that was exploited because loans were being given to people who legitimately could not afford properties. Now, they could initially put some money in, but over time, they lose those properties to foreclosure because they weren't well qualified. Now, people are extremely well qualified. It's very difficult to get these loans if you are a dog or dead or not well qualified, but they were willing to give them to anybody back then. So that was part of the problem. The other thing is, is we actually have the opposite of a bubble. We have no properties available. So let's go ahead and start using this word correctly. We don't have a bubble. The market is not softening. The best time to buy would be right now. And again, if you have any more questions, feel free to send those to me at It's Unreal Estate. That is my handle on Instagram. I do check it daily. I do respond to these personally and would be happy to respond to you as well. Coming up after this, we're going to have a quick interview about the market and then we'll move on to our next segment at the very end with a quick walkthrough, what I would call the best bang for your buck to get your bathroom up to date. Stay with us. Welcome back. I'm going to interview my friend today. So, Bryn, you and I met in 2007. Yes, you were, good job. We were counselors together at, especially for youth, EFY camp. They do that. We did it at BYU, and we've been friends ever since. Even though you told me that my face would be smoother if I washed it every night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, I don't even remember saying anything like that. And secondly, okay, we really, is this is the time? <laughs> all of our interactions. That's not why we're here. But so 
you and your husband, Tanner, you guys have lived in Denver, you've lived in Los Angeles, but now you're back in Utah and you've purchased in Lehigh and you've purchased in a community from what I understand is one of the original developments here. Yes. Is that right? Yes. In Traverse Mountain, there's several different developments, I guess. And ours was one of the first ones to, it's like what started Traverse Mountain, I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah. So... In Lehigh, Traverse Mountain is this community that's just uh, barely above northeast of this incredible Silicon Slopes area. Adobe has a headquarters there and among many other booming businesses. And so you've got this incredible view. Yeah. Was that the, one of the draws for you guys for this house? It, now that we are in the house, yes. <laughs> we were very flustered when we were searching for our home. And we were basically looking for a home office for Tanner because he was able to start working remotely, which is what brought us back to Denver, from Denver to Lehigh. So after spending the night in the ER with our baby and looking all week, we came to this house and thought, that has a pretty good home office. Looks like a pretty good home. It's half a mile from my sister. Checks the boxes. And then we moved into our house and saw the view and we're like, whoa. <laughs> actually embarrassed we didn't see that before well and you should be embarrassed that you bought the house thinking oh it has a good home office it has like a million other great <laughs> features of it including i mean the main reason why i really wanted you on today was because of this incredible walkout basement so for those in other states or cities that don't really have elevation like i'm from a city i'm from dallas and we don't have basements really yeah the water table's too high and we don't have any elevation but when you're here it lends to having basements, but you have a walkout basement. Yeah. So the basement feels just like another level. It's got. It totally does. It, it it's got plenty of light. You're not below ground at all, basically. No. And so, but when you Facetime me about a month ago, you were showing me, or probably longer than that, you showed me, like, hey, yeah. this is what we're thinking for our blank canvas that we have. You knew that I've remodeled a lot of properties and I've finished out a lot of basements, yeah. and so I can kind of give you some ideas, but really, you're the one in it. But initially in your mind, when you were thinking with Tanner about finishing the space, yeah. you had a vision and you had a timeline. Mm -hmm. What was your timeline? So they were, we were told eight weeks to start okay. from start to finish. And we were thinking that would be good because it would be summertime and, but we'd still have it by the end of summer and then we could be in it all fall and winter. And so. All fall and winter. <laughs> and what did it end up being? So we, they were, they were supposed to start end of May. They started more end of June. And now it's beginning of October and there's, <laughs> I feel like anyone I've talked to for the last four to six weeks, I've been like, it's so awesome. Our basement's almost finished. We're so excited. It should be like next week or next week, but like, it's almost finished. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the hard part about working with contractors or subcontractors is you're always going to get a timeline. Yeah. They want to hook you in, tell you. And I always tell people this, it's always going to take longer than they say always. Right. And it's always probably going to cost more than right. they say. So in your experience with your initial vision, and you don't have to disclose any amounts of money, but did it, did you meet your budget or did you guys have to? Oh, we ex definitely exceeded. Our okay. <laughs> and why, what, what parts of the basement required more attention? So the budget we were given was based off the contractor that we're working with is really great. <laughs> he does a really good job. He knows what he's doing. I'm sure he's fabulous. He is. And, but, he, and he does a lot of basements in Traverse Mountain, but most of the homes in Traverse Mountain are all the same. Ours is a custom home. Right. And so the requirements we had for our basement 
were different from what he's used to. So he had it on the lowest cost of everything, which obviously is ideal. But because of how our home was built by the, it was only, only one other person. The, pre, the previous owners were the builders of the home. So the way that they built the home, everything is an upgrade. Every single thing. The windows are the most expensive windows. And so everything cost more. And because we didn't want the basement to be the cheaper version of the rest of the house, we wanted it to match to get those finishing touches to match. It just ended up being a lot more. Well, and not to mention your sense of style isn't this cookie cutter style it's anyway not. either. So when you were working with your contractor and then also working with your husband to envision this space, right? I mean, would you consider yourself a visionary? No. Nope. Okay. So then, how? So then, for you, how were you able to make some of those decisions? Because I just did a walkthrough of it, and right. it looks fabulous. You've got some unique built-ins. You have some really nice colors that I don't typically see. You even have a feature like this beveled edge corner for all of the walls. I see rounded corners. I also see just square corners. Right. I never see a beveled edge like y'all have. So where did some of this come from so decision-wise? The beveled edges was definitely just because that's how the rest of the house is. Right. That's credit to the previous owners. And we're grateful because it does make our home unique. It does. And we do appreciate that living in a community where a lot of homes look the same. Yeah. We like that ours is more unique. And my style tends to lean more modern, but the interior and all of the finishes in the home are more classic. And so together it... I really like the mix instead of it just being really straight edged modern lines. It's beautiful home on its own. And then I can bring in my own design yeah. and make it feels original on its own. So some of the decisions, part of what has been tricky about our process is that I've never built a home. I've never had to make any decisions about a home. So I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know the decisions I would be making. And Tanner did the walkthrough with our general contractor, I think, honestly, a week or two after our baby was born in January. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. so he walked through and he said, hey, what kind of lights do you want downstairs? I was like, bright ones. I don't know. Didn't think about Can it. Can we put some lights up? <laughs> then he's like, how many do you want in each room? I was like, this is something I have to decide. Can we okay. just put some in? Yeah. And I was so annoyed. I'm trying to figure out when my baby sleeps and what she eats. And so I was just like, just talk to the contractor and I'm sure whatever you do is fine. So then they started the project and I was like, why isn't there a light here? Why is everything a candlelight? Why can't I do any specialty lights down here? Why aren't there any built-ins? And he was like, these are the things you should have asked me in February. <laughs> well, that lends the question then to, all right, so if you're talking to yourself prior to this, knowing what you know now, right. and to help maybe some of my listeners who are like, how do I do this? I can't envision my space. right? And then like, I know I want a wall that has like a built-in, but beyond that, I don't know what right. else is involved. What would you go back and be like, hey, our earlier version of me, Bren, like this is what you need to know before you start right. this process. So I would think go through your house as it is. Okay. And see what kind of lights you have in each room. Do you want canned lights? Do you like to have more of a statement light? Do sure. you like ceiling fans? Yeah. <laughs> and notice those things because I didn't know that that was different like if I want I was like well if I want to add a statement light fixture I can do that 
<laughs> if I it had, exists, magically. I had no idea that you needed to have different electricity set up, whatever. I obviously know a lot right now. <laughs> Perfect terminology. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that. And yeah. so, but now I do. And even like in our bathroom, I had shown you when we yeah. walked through, I was like, why is there like, in what world would I only want a light above my shower and then the fixture above the mirror? That's the worst lighting to have it in these two opposite corners. There's obviously a need for a different one. And the contractor said, well, do you want them to turn on at different times? I was like, no, I want to flip on a light switch. And then I realized, no, everywhere else in my house, there's two light switches, one for the can lights, one for the one above the mirror. I just didn't have any idea because I hadn't paid attention to it. Well, and that's, it's, it's helpful for, I think for some people who've never done this process before to like sit down and have the conversation of, okay, there's a lot of elements involved in finishing. It's not just layout right. and it's not just fun things. Right. Like I want great uh, cabinets yes. or like really nice countertops. I am also going to have to pick floor. I'm going to have to pick uh, crown molding. If right. I'm going to do that casing baseboards, some type of lighting. Right. So when you were going through this process with Tanner and your contractor, what were probably, I don't know, your top three biggest pain points that you had to learn from? Oh man. If you had to choose, How what comes I to mind? <laughs> let's just, okay, let's just talk about your main living area. Your main living area. Oh, that was definitely it. Okay. That was one of them. Your main living area has this really cool built-in. It's also got a kitchenette. Mm -hmm. You decided to opt out of the carpet for that area because right. it's a walk-in. So you just did LVT. And again, I, I mentioned this literally yesterday on my Instagram stories. I'm like, this is my favorite kind of LVT. This is my favorite color. When I, when I did a walkthrough of a home, you had those exact planks. Without even knowing. Without <laughs> even knowing. Yeah. And so why was that main living area probably your biggest? So the, it was hard because... I grew up, I did have a basement growing up and my basement was always freezing. And I thought basements have to have carpet, like hands down. That's what you need in a basement. You don't want to be cold. And I also hate basements. So I was like, I want it to be cozy. <laughs> basement phobia. I just didn't know it was a thing. I just thought that's where killers hide. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> okay. You turn off the lights when you're at the top of the stairs, not at the bottom, because you don't know who's going to get you right. between the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. And in your house, they have access now. <laughs> exactly. So let's just... Why do you think we have home security now? <laughs> okay. So yeah, growing up, you thought... It's got to have carpet. It's got to be cozy. It's got to be warm. Tanner was thinking, no, let's do LVT. It makes sense. The kids will be running in and out of the backyard because it's a walkout. It's going to get wet. It's going to get destroyed. And I said, well, yeah, we'll obviously have that at the door and in the kitchenette. But because it's one big layout, the kitchenette and the living area is connected, it would have made for really weird transitions. And because I am an It's Unreal Estate fan, I know <laughs> it's hard to have a lot of transitions. So that's yes. why I FaceTimed you yes. to get your opinion. And you sided with Tanner, LVT, in most of the basement. Yeah, you actually did the right call. So you have this little workout room where you've taken the LVT into there as well. And then you've got the workout pad on top of that, right. which is awesome. And then for the bedroom, you've got a seamless transition with the very nice level four carpet I was mentioning. You also have that in your laundry room area down right. there. And then I also mentioned this yesterday uh, because I was walking through and I was looking at these bathrooms in this, in this custom remodel 
uh, in Orem, Utah, and they did some very bold choices right. with their bathroom. I think the bathroom is a great area because it's small. You're not spending all of your time in it. Right. So really, you can go crazy in there. What made you choose? You have this incredible... Uh, like hex green tile yeah, in there. like a ceramic It's like a tile. ceramic tile and it's got these uh, cool like ray lines on it yeah, that I really like. White. Mm -hmm. So we just went to Floor and Decor and we're yeah. looking around and that one just pulled my eye the most and I thought, I mean, a bathroom smaller and I thought I had remembered reading online or from something you had said, like if you want to go bold anywhere, a bathroom is the best place to do it. And I... I knew I wanted my bathroom because it's the, one of the only places in our basement that doesn't have windows, which is unique. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> but true. But I didn't want it to be dark. Right. And so, I, but I also didn't want it to all be white and just be boring. And so yeah. I thought if we brought in a fun tile that's not too dramatic, but it, it makes a statement, it would be a fun detail for the basement. So the end product is unbelievable. I mean, I was just down there. It's beautifully done. All of your, like you transitioned from all of the styling in the two floors above it downstairs as well. So all the casing matches, the baseboards, it's very, it's got like a nice traditional look to it, which you almost wouldn't even know you're in Utah, which is really surprising. That's very high compliment. It is. You. No, it is. And listen, I see houses constantly, right? I criticize a yes. lot of them. <laughs> to get For your positive fun. feedback is great. But yes, I do this. I do this on purpose. I do this so that my buyers have a critical eye so that they know because everybody here is going to be spending more than they want right. to. So if you're going to be doing that, what's what's worth it? And so in your situation, now that you know what you know, right. if you had to just give some, a look, just to end, some, some advice to those listening who want to finish a space, that could right. be their basement. Maybe it could be refinishing a space like a laundry room or like adding in like a kitchenette into their already finished space. What would be your advice for people who've maybe never tackled this type of thing before? So because I'm a beginner as well, yeah. now very experienced, but I would think um, you have to pick your battles, obviously. Every, budget is a real thing. And so you have to pick what you want, you're willing to spend on and what you're willing to save on. And even working with a general contractor who is not used, I mean, our, he does great basements and has done everything at across the board, I'm sure. But because I was inexperienced and didn't know what I was doing, a lot of the time he would do something. I'd be like, oh, can we actually change that? And because of that, I kind of had to pick my battles. Like, okay, do I really care about getting a custom cabinet, the color I want, or am I okay with the cabinets that he has in stock? And, or do I, does it matter enough to me to change this wall that they had planned on just being a blank wall to a built-in shelf and I like as a people pleaser it was so uncomfortable for me so many times to be like hey I know that I said this but I actually want to change this what it came down to is this is my money I'm going to be living in this space so is it worth it for me to bite my tongue and not be happy with this for years or should I put my neck out there and be like, yeah, I know it's not convenient to add another light, but could we do that? And think of what matters to you and what fits within your budget and fight for what you want. Even if it sounds crazy to whoever you're working with, if it's what you want and it makes sense to do it, 
then I think go for it. Well, I mean, knowing you like I do, and then also like seeing you talk about the process from the beginning until now, it sounds like you found your voice with this contractor and you're able to feel more confident in going to him and being like, hey, th this is something that's very important to me. Right. Something I tell my clients, and, and this is something that I hope everybody can take something away from is, you're, like you're married and there's compromise involved to make right. that relationship work. Uh, the same relationship exists with a home. So if you're going to yes. purchase a property, you're never going to get everything that you want unless you have the money to build that home that way. So I always tell people, pick your top three right. must-haves, and then everything else is a nice-to-have, right? Yes. So that's something that I think is helpful to go into it. However, at the same time, when you are going to be spending a lot of time there, I do think it's important. I've worked with a lot of contractors. Yes. I know these guys. They're going to try and get away. They have a lot of details they're working with, in fairness to them. They're working with lots of subs coming in, yes. doing work for them, people quitting on them, not yes. finishing their work. Which was definitely our experience. Which is your experience. And so you still, though, have to go, I get it. Thank you. This is still, right. I'm paying you to do this. So I'm going to ask you to do it this way. Right. I know it's not convenient that right. I want this color of this or yeah. that I want this done this way, but I know it's possible because I've seen it done in other people's exactly. homes. And so while it, it might seem high maintenance. I guess that's who I am. Well, and I think I think a lot of people want us to roll over here in this valley right now and just be okay with the product. Right. Just be glad you're in a house, that type of thing. Right. I would like to think that we can have a higher standard. Right. He is used, you're right. This is a more unique home. He is used to probably going in and, and rehabbing these homes that are track homes that are yes. all the same and he just knows he can cut and paste. Yeah. Not with you. Well, and yeah. I myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not very decided, but yeah, we did have particular things that we wanted that I think weren't clear in the beginning because I think it wasn't like we tried to make it clear we wanted our home to have the same vibe. We want it to be as nice as it is downstairs as upstairs. And that ended up translating into countertop decisions, cabinet choices, and final finishes here and there that I don't think had been originally planned on. So it, it added tension to our relationship sometimes during the process. But I think in the end, we're very grateful that we did it. And he's been awesome to work with and been able to get subcontractors to our yeah. house when other people haven't right. and fought for us when people quit on us. And so I think because he knows that we... We're just trying to do the best for our house and have a good house. I think once we worked that out, it was we ironed everything out and it's been easier to work and communicate with each other. But it was a process. Thank you so much for giving me this. Like, listen, it is, I can talk about it all day, but because I do it for a living, I think sometimes people want to hear more from the lay person who's been through this process, doesn't know it like I know it and can kind of relate more. Like no zero. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> like electrical systems. You know all the terminology. Electricity. <laughs> electricity. Uh, I need electricity here for a special light. Can you do that? Can I get a light here? <laughs> yeah. Not that one, a different light. <laughs> so some takeaways I think that are good for uh, for everybody listening is really create a budget for what you think it's going to cost, but you may want to consider padding that budget a right. little bit because there's always, even in remodels, right. there's always going to be, there's always going to be unforeseen, but find your voice, build a relationship, find somebody who's, who comes qualified, recommended, mm -hmm. has good reviews, and that you feel you can build a relationship with. You're going to be working with this person potentially yes. for longer than eight weeks, right? Yep. They're going to be in your home. And then as the time goes by, if you want more tips, 
Look at my Instagram. I'm always critiquing homes, giving my ideas at It's in Real Estate uh, on Instagram. Bryn, thank you so much for being on. I just asked you last minute and you just popped in to do Here it for I me. Am. I appreciate it. Thanks for showing me Starting your basement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stay with us. After this, we're going to be doing a walkthrough of a room. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and jump right into our walkthrough. If you have followed me on Instagram or if you're not yet following me, I do have a bunch of highlights and one of those is on bathrooms. I do see probably some of the most interesting configurations in the bathroom. I understand that over time, especially in older properties, people are doing the best that they can with what they're working with. If there's anything that's difficult to deal with, it's the wet areas because of things like plumbing and because of the tight spaces that these uh, types of rooms tend to be. So when I walk through properties, people often ask me like, well, what's gonna give me the best rate of return? Typically what I tell people is the wet areas, the kitchen and the bathroom. Kitchens are quite an undertaking. I could go on and on and on over many episodes about how to do one for $10,000 and make it look fabulous. I mean, you can spend $200,000 easily to update that. But my suggestion is going to be, why don't we start with something small and manageable? And I'm going to walk you through it very simply to give you an idea of if you wanted to start somewhere with your bathroom, this is where I would start. Now, what we're hoping to do with this podcast in the future is to link this to videos of YouTube content that I can create to show you just how easy it. Now, again, I'm not an expert, but I have a lot of experience in, in this. And I also know a lot of individuals who can join me to show you just how easy it is to DIY things like your bathroom. So for instance, you're at Costco, you're with your kids, you're picking up food. Why not walk down the aisle with some LVT? Costco actually sells at cost LVT. Now that LVT stands for luxury vinyl tile. The reason why this is a big deal is because this is going to be your floor. You can put this floor anywhere, especially if you own rental property. I suggest putting it literally everywhere. You can beat it up. You can scratch it. It's water resistant. That's why it goes great in the wet areas. And by the way, it's got a tongue and groove click that goes right together like puzzle pieces. If you even have a basic miter saw, you can buy the smallest version that they have, or even if you have one of those handheld miter boxes that you buy, if it's wide enough, you can cut this stuff. It's very easy to work with. I've laid a lot of this. You can get a box for $45 to $55. Pick and choose your color, the one that you like. And guess what? It'll cover about 17 square feet. So take some measurements. I would probably imagine about two boxes would be sufficient to cover any bathroom's floor. The best part about that is, is it has a backing already on it. It's very soft. So you don't have to worry about adhesive. In fact, if anything, you can buy a $2 roll of what's called underlayment. And it literally looks like what you would put in like gift wrapping. It's very soft. You can roll it out on the ground. It softens the ground. And then that way you don't really hear the creaking as much. So 
when talking about the floor, if you want a basic idea, it's going to cost you anywhere between $50 to $100 to get your floor done. You can do it today in one afternoon. If you can use a jigsaw and if you can use a miter saw, those two items, if even if you don't own them, you can rent them for the day. You can redo your entire floor and give it a brand new look. Something else that I would suggest is you can buy double sink vanity. So if your master bath only has one sink in it, I often get buyers who walk in and get really frustrated with this because they want a sink for more than one person. I understand that. Go ahead and lay your floor out all throughout the entire floor. They now make vanities that sit on top of the floor like a piece of furniture that you can bolt to the wall to the studs. That's going to be the highest ticket item here. So you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot today, and they are beautiful. They come with marble countertops, granite countertops, double sinks, all different colors from a, like in a handsome navy to a dark olive to a white. You can get these for $600 to about $2,000. They'll deliver it. This right here is the focal point of your bathroom anyway. So it's really a good spot, like a good place to put your money. Above that, you're going to want to put a mirror. Above that, you're going to put your lighting. Again, those things are very easy to install. I can show you this in content that we will end up creating. You can have basic electrical knowledge to where if you just turn a breaker off or even just the switch, and as long as those wires are not hot, and I, again, I can discuss that more in depth, it might take five to 10 minutes, depending, to get those lights up and running. And you can have a brand new light for anywhere between 90 to $100 on average. Those, especially Lowe's, Lowe's has a fabulous selection of lighting. So I would suggest them over Home Depot for that specific reason. Additional to that would be the mirror. I mean, guys, pick a mirror. You can get them for 150 bucks. They're easy to apply to the wall. Now, if you're me, and you don't always want to have to find a stud, especially for something that's really heavy, I'm going to go ahead and suggest a lifesaver for y'all. It's called OOK, double O-K, right? That's the brand name of Hook. They have a specific patent with the way that they have their anchors. It takes seconds to install, and they some of those hooks can hold up to 100 pounds each. Literally, you do not need a stud. So those would be the types of things I would go buy. They're in the section near the tools at Home Depot, and they're next to all of the screws and nails. So if you go down there, you can find any type of fastener that way. Uh, on the walls, you're gonna need hardware. The rods to hold your towels, your toilet paper, your you know your hand towels, things like that. You can buy those for fifty to seventy-five dollars and freshen it up. But David, what if we have like an old cast iron tub that weighs six hundred pounds? I'm gonna tell you, guys. I've tried to remove these tubs in the past, literally as heavy. I think the second heaviest thing next to it is like a treadmill that I've tried to move in my life and broke my back doing it. I'm kidding, but that's what it felt like. The tub though, what if it's like one of those old ones and you don't want to remove it? You can buy for $75 a tub refinishing kit. Everything that you need's in there, the tools, the paint basically that you would end up applying. It's kind of like a hard enamel. You can resurface any tub, make it look brand new. That would be my suggestion to save a lot of money if you're content with the tub, where it's sitting, 
And like, if you generally, if you like it enough, if you want to get rid of it and just have a shower, that's going to be a different conversation. Shower heads are easy to install. If you've never installed it, you can literally install it with a pair of pliers and some Teflon tape, otherwise known as plumber's tape. Those are cents on the dollar. Shower heads are 50 bucks. Get yourself a new shower head. Or if the shower head that you currently have is just got lime and rust on it, pour some vinegar in a bag, stick it around your shower head with an elastic band, leave it overnight, literally pull it off the next day. And you can do this on faucets as well, or any type of downspout, literally gets rid of lime and rust on its own. It's amazing. Try it out. Let me know what you think. I love uh, a new toilet. I think it's probably the best thing you can do for your bathroom. You're going to have to remove your toilet anyway when you're laying floor. As long as you cut it, the floor tight enough around the flange, toilets might be the best entry to plumbing you can do as a DIY, for DIY. This is the easiest plumbing thing to do. It seems the most daunting because it's kind of the most disgusting. But if you have someone helping just to lift it, it really is like rudimentary on how it works. It literally uses gravity to take water from a tank that's in a higher position and flushing it to a lower one. It's really quite simple to do. I can do a video for this that we'll link in the bio. But this right here, the best toilets in the world are just a hundred bucks. Go get a new one, put one in every room. Uh, for under the sink, and I'll, I'll kind of close with this, for under the sink, you're gonna need to get some uh, PVC pipe plumbing kit they're like 11 bucks, 10, 11 bucks. That's what connects the drains of your vanities to the wall. So those types of things are also very easy. So basically with this in mind, from flooring to your vanity, to a new light, think about that. Think about the new look that your room would have if you just updated those things. And for what, 50 bucks, you could get two cans of paint and repaint everything many times over, you're looking at under, conservatively, under $2,000 and you have a brand new bathroom. If I were to walk into a property that's asking a lot of money and it needed a lot of attention, but the wet areas, things like a kitchen or a bathroom were updated, that is a massive win. That's a home run. These are the types of things that I'm looking for when I walk in. I'm looking for cracked tile. I'm going to have to deal with that. And by the way, LVT can go over the top of tile. You don't have to remove the floor under it if you don't want to. That's what makes it so great. It's a floating floor that's held down by the crown molding so or the baseboards. So my suggestion is this. When you're walking through a property, take a look at the bare bones. If they're good enough for under $2,000, you could have a brand new bathroom and make it look just like you want. These are my suggestions. Again, I have many more than this. I could take you through all day, but I'll leave you with that just to get started. Do yourself a favor. Go on homedepot.com, on lowes.com. Take a look through their products. See if you like any. Go on YouTube to get started and start looking up these different things on how to do it. Wait on things like the electrical. I don't want anybody to get electrocuted, but the other things are easy to start right now. Get yourself a basic tool. If you want to be a DIY, the single best tool to get started with is a jigsaw. Probably the most versatile, the thing I started with when I was 10 years old. Start there. We'll move forward together. We'll do this together. 
Thank you for staying with us. We will continue to, to bring to you content on how to demystify the home buying and selling process to get you into properties and to make them properties that you're going to love. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm David Grant. I'm here at the Mountaineer Studios in Draper, Utah. I'm actually here with my producer, Ryan Hell. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.